Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, my name is James, and I eat spiders and snakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner to become poisonous. Well, that's how weird I am. However, this was not always like this, but certain situations forced me to change my diet. At school, I've always been the scapegoat. Guys from the football team were constantly bullying me, and the girls were laughing and considered that I was a nobody. Over the years, I got used to this. So I stopped paying attention to all the antics of my classmates, but at one point, everything changed. A new student, Arthur, came to our class. He was the son of big businessmen. His appearance, mannerisms, and even his look indicated that he was a very spoiled and arrogant person. I didn't like him at first sight, and he didn't like me either. Having learned from the guys that everyone was bullying me there, Arthur smiled and joined my offenders. He could set fire to my clothes, throw a firecracker right under my feet, or turn over a tray with food on me. I was taking it on the nose until this rich kid crossed all the possible boundaries. Once, during the PE class, we took turns doing push-ups, and when it was my turn, Arthur pressed me against the floor with his foot and started bragging by saying that he could humiliate such complete losers as I was and get away with it. Then he took some photos. Unfortunately, I was too skinny and cowardly to resist. That's why, that very evening, I was looking at the ugly photos of me on Arthur's Instagram page. There were so many offensive comments. This was the last straw of my patience because I was pretty tired of being bullied at school. I really wanted to take revenge on my main offender. But what could I do? As I said, I am a skinny and cowardly guy. But I found a way out. Once, I was reading an old book in the library and there was an interesting article about how one man ate poisonous snakes and spiders as part of an experiment in the 18th century and managed to become poisonous himself. His saliva began to contain dangerous toxins that could render a person harmless in just a few minutes. It was also written there that the poison did not kill, but only paralyzed the victim for some time. I thought it was a great idea of how one could take revenge on the rich kid who has gone too far. On the same day, I bought a whole package of snakes and spiders in an exotic store. However, it turned out not to be that easy because I could not overcome my disgust. It was incredibly difficult for me to bite off a snake's tail or a spider's leg. But when I remembered all the offenses and bullying, I decided to try it and I liked it. As it turned out, fried spiders and snakes don't taste that bad, especially with various spices. And after that, I was eating only them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day.
At school, my classmates noticed that I came with some strange food and, of course, started laughing at me. I was patiently listening to all of this as I realized that I would soon get a superpower that everyone would be afraid of, and then no one would hurt me anymore. But I still did not understand that everything had its own consequences. In that book, it was said that the man was eating such a diet for two months in order to achieve the desired outcome. And when two months passed, I, of course, I got scared. It seemed to me that I was doing the wrong thing because letting my poison into a person is inhuman and dangerous. But I changed my opinion about this when Arthur flattened my new bike that I used to ride to school. He also stained the saddle with some disgusting green stuff. Arthur was laughing at me and said that I wouldn't be able to do anything to him anyway. Then I freaked out, came up to him and bit him hard on the hand. Arthur started screaming and then laughed again. He said that only girls were fighting like that and then left. I started patiently waiting for my poison to take effect. It was written in the book that it would only take a few minutes. But the next day Arthur came to school, as if nothing had happened. He looked at me, started laughing and teasing me. So I bit him again until he started bleeding. Well, my saliva must have gotten into the wound. So I thought that he definitely wouldn't be able to do anything to me. But no effect was observed. I thought my experiment had failed, but after all the classes, Arthur suddenly felt sick. He fell down in the schoolyard and began twitching. Teachers and a school nurse immediately ran up to him while I was looking at him and smiling. Finally, he got what he deserved. I was not worried about anything because, according to the book, the effect lasts no more than a couple of hours. Soon, Arthur will come to his senses and then I will tell him that it's better not to mess with me. He, like all my offenders, will learn that I have poisonous saliva that will immobilize them all if they do not stop bullying me. However, neither tomorrow nor the day after tomorrow did Arthur show up to school. Some of her classmates said that he was in intensive care and in an extremely serious condition. This piece of news shocked me because I did not expect at all that my saliva would be that poisonous. I was restless because I thought that it was because of me and that he could not come to his senses. Have I killed Arthur? But I didn't want that at all. I just wanted to teach him a lesson. Somehow I found out in which hospital he was and I went to that place. I ran up to the reception desk and asked which ward Arthur was in, but they told me that he was no longer there. What? No, that couldn't be true. I was shaking so badly that I sat down right on the floor. Nurses immediately ran up to me and tried to bring me to my senses. But I wasn't able to think and did not understand what was going on. I had only one thought in my mind. I killed a classmate with my poison. Although he was unbearable, he did not deserve such a fate. In the evening, in the general chat, I told my classmates that Arthur had died. Guys couldn't believe it. Some of them were very upset because they had become close friends with him. I didn't even want to go to school because I was totally ashamed and scared as I turned out to be a killer and a real monster. However, I could not help but come to school because I wanted to support my classmates despite the fact that we were never friends. I was hoping in vain that Arthur would come into the classroom right away and call me a crybaby or a jerk again, but that was impossible. However, when we were sitting in mourning Arthur, he suddenly entered the classroom and looked at us askance while we were looking at him. Being totally shocked as if he were a ghost, one of the girls started screaming and fainted. To be honest, I could hardly stand on my feet as well. 
When Arthur asked what was going on here, I stupidly replied that we were mourning him, and only a minute later I was able to explain everything to him in a normal way. <laughs> Arthur started laughing and called me a jerk because he was discharged from the hospital yesterday since he had completely recovered. On the day when he got sick, Arthur ate a candy that contained finely crushed nuts, which he did not know about, and this caused an acute reaction because he was severely allergic to nuts. As a result, he started choking, his arms and legs got numb, and he quickly passed out. He had to be in intensive care for a while and stay in the hospital for a couple of days to recover. You have no idea how glad I was when I heard this. A huge burden was lifted off of my shoulders because I was not guilty of anything. For some reason, we all found this situation funny. Arthur said I was paranoid, and then apologized to me for all the antics. He appreciated the fact that I came to the hospital to visit him. After that, my life changed. Arthur and the other guys no longer mocked me because he began to stand up for me. None of my classmates wanted to mess with Arthur, so I finally found what I had dreamed of for so long, peace of mind. Also, I stopped eating spiders and snakes. I didn't manage to get a superpower, but I was even glad about it because such ability only brought danger. However, I doubt that it's even possible to get it. Most likely, everything in that book was fiction. Hey, my name is Tom, and I've always struggled with my weight. I've been overweight for as long as I can remember. Tired of feeling down about myself, I decided to join a gym to improve my health and fitness. As I walked in, I was immediately intimidated by all the fit and muscular people working out around me. But I was determined to make a change. The gym coach, Jake, was the epitome of the popular guy. Athletic, cocky, and always surrounded by his equally fit friends. To make matters worse, he had a stunning athletic girlfriend named Amy. I couldn't help but feel embarrassed by my body and lack of fitness compared to everyone else, especially Amy. As I started working out, I found it really difficult to keep up with the routines, and Jake's continuous mockery only made me feel worse. One day, as I struggled to finish a set of push-ups, Jake sauntered over with a smirk on his face. Hey, Tom, you know it's uh, not a competition to see who can do the fewest push-ups in a minute, he sneered, clearly enjoying my discomfort. Trying to brush off his comments, I replied, Well, at least I'm trying, Jake. Rome wasn't built in a day, you know. Jake laughed, unimpressed by my comeback. True, but at this rate, you'll be ripped and ready for the cover of Nerdy Fitness Weekly in a lifetime. During a group workout session, Jake decided to pair people up for partner exercises. To my dismay, he paired me with his girlfriend, Amy. As we started the routine, I could feel Jake's eyes on us, ready to pounce on any opportunity to humiliate me. When we moved on to partner squats, Jake couldn't resist by making another dig. Wow, Tom, you're really struggling there. Maybe you should just try squatting with a book instead of Amy. You know, Something more your speed. Despite the embarrassment, I refused to let Jake's taunts get the better of me. Very funny, Jake. I'm just getting warmed up. As the days went by, the humiliation only intensified. During a cardio session, Jake sneered. Maybe you should lose some weight first before attempting this, Tom. Don't pass out this time like you did last week. I gritted my teeth and responded. Thanks for the concern, but I've got this, Jake. In another instance, while I was struggling to use the weight machines, Jake mockingly suggested, Hey, Tom, don't break the equipment with all that weight you're carrying. We wouldn't want to have to replace it. I rolled my eyes and retorted, Don't worry, Jake. 
I think your ego is a greater threat to this place than I am. One day, as I stumbled during a workout, Jake jeered. Did you just roll off the couch, Tom? You really shouldn't be here among us athletes. This gym is no place for druggies and dropouts. Frustrated by his relentless bullying, I snapped back. You know what, Jake? I may not be as fit as you, but at least I'm working on it. Could you say the same about your personality? Little did I know that my life was about to take a surprising turn, and Jake's attempt to mock me would backfire in a way he never expected. Despite Jake's continuous mockery, I started noticing that Amy didn't share her boyfriend's mean-spirited attitude. In fact, she was nothing like the popular stereotype I had expected her to be. She was kind, supportive, and even encouraging as we worked out together. Come on, Tom! You can do it! Just a few more reps! She'd say during our training sessions, her voice full of genuine encouragement. Under Amy's guidance and support, I began to make significant progress at the gym. My strength and endurance improved, and I started to excel in the exercises. Jake, however, only seemed to intensify his humiliating tactics. One day, as I struggled to lift a particularly heavy weight, Jake called out, Careful, Tom! Don't want you to get a hernia or something! The whole gym laughed as my face turned red with embarrassment. As Amy and I grew closer, Jake's jealousy and possessiveness started to show. He would hover around us during workouts, making snide remarks and trying to belittle me at every opportunity. He even went as far as accusing me of trying to steal his girlfriend. Things came to a head when Jake claimed to have caught Amy and me kissing on his 4K camera. He stormed into the gym one day, waving his phone around like a trophy, and confronted us in front of everybody. You two have been sneaking around behind my back, huh? Well, guess what? I've got proof. Amy, clearly fed up with Jake's behavior, took a deep breath and looked him in the eye. Jake, it's over between us. I can't be with someone who treats people the way you do. You're constantly putting Tom down. But he's shown me that there's more to life than just being fit and popular. The gym fell silent, everyone staring at the unfolding drama. I stepped forward, taking Amy's hand in mine. Jake, you've got to learn that it's not about how you look or what you can do physically. It's about how you treat people and what kind of person you are inside. Jake stood there, stunned, as Amy and I walked out of the gym together, hand in hand. In the days that followed, word spread about what had happened. People started to look up to me, not only because of my newfound confidence and gym prowess, but also because I had shown them that being a good person matters more than popularity. In the following weeks, Amy and I continued to grow closer, our bond stronger than ever, but Jake couldn't accept that things were over between him and Amy. He resorted to stalking us, making our lives miserable with his unwelcome presence. One evening, as Amy and I sat down for a romantic dinner at a local restaurant, Jake sauntered in uninvited. He pointed at me, sneering, Hey, Tom, couldn't you at least put on a decent shirt? You look like a homeless guy. Are you sure you can afford this place? During one of our weekend outings to the park, Jake appeared out of nowhere, a smug grin plastered on his face. He looked at my worn-out sneakers and said loudly, What's the matter, Tom? Did you have to fish those out of a dumpster? How pathetic! As Amy and I walked through the mall, Jake followed us from store to store, making snide remarks about my inability to afford the latest trends. Oh, look at Tom, browsing the sales rack like he's hunting for treasure. Gotta pinch those pennies, huh? At a local coffee shop where Amy and I were enjoying a quiet afternoon, Jake burst in and started ridiculing me in front of everyone. Hey, Tom, I bet you're only here because they have free Wi-Fi. Can't afford internet at home, can you? That's just sad. One day, as Amy and I were headed to the movies, Jake intercepted us, feigning concern. 
Are you sure you want to go in there, Tom? Last I heard, they don't accept food stamps for movie tickets. Despite Jake's constant harassment, I remained patient, determined not to let him ruin my newfound happiness. One day, I decided it was time to reveal a secret I had kept hidden. I was actually a millionaire. My wealth had accumulated through smart investments and a successful business, but the stress of all of it led me to gain weight. Now, this should be interesting, I mused as I shared the news with Amy, who was ecstatic. Together, we decided it was time to use my wealth for a greater purpose and see how Jake would react. When Jake caught wind of the news, he was stunned. He approached me hesitantly, his voice dripping with disbelief. Is it true, Tom? Are you really rich? I grinned, my eyes twinkling with amusement. Yes, Jake, it's true. But my wealth doesn't define who I am. I've learned that true happiness comes from the relationships we build and the person we become. I announced that I would be starting a charity to combat bullying and create a safe space for those affected by it. As part of the initiative, I would be purchasing the gym where we all worked out and appointing Amy as the top trainer. Surprise, Jake! You never really know who you're mocking, do you? I teased, reveling in his shock. But don't worry, I have a proposition for you too. I extended an invitation to Jake, offering him a chance to participate in the charity and help out at the gym. But there was a catch. His role at the gym would be that of a janitor. It was an opportunity for him to learn humility and the value of hard work. As I reveled in the idea of Jake's newfound humility, another unexpected revelation came to light. It turned out that Jake had been hiding a secret of his own. He was the heir to a massive fortune, but he had been concealing it in order to live a normal life, away from the pressures of wealth and expectation. When his secret was revealed, the dynamic between Jake, Amy, and me shifted dramatically. No longer driven by jealousy and insecurity, Jake embraced his role as a janitor at the gym and became an active participant in the charity. It seemed that by revealing my own wealth, I had inadvertently allowed Jake to come to terms with his. We confronted Jake about his hidden fortune, and he was surprisingly candid about it. Yeah, it's true. I've been hiding my wealth to live a life where I'm not constantly judged by my bank account. But seeing you, Tom, being open about your riches and using them for good, it's made me realize that I can do the same. The gym community, witnessing our transformations, rallied around us. We all worked together to create a better, more inclusive environment, with Amy leading the way as head trainer. As we focused on combating bullying and promoting kindness and respect, we discovered that true success and happiness don't come from wealth or popularity, but again, from the relationships we build and the people we become. In the weeks that followed, the bonds between us all grew stronger. Jake, now humbled and dedicated to making a difference, became an essential part of our charitable endeavors and I continued to use my resources for the greater good. It was a testament to the power of redemption and the importance of the relationships we form in our lives. Just when it seemed like everything was finally falling into place, another twist emerged. A mysterious benefactor had been supporting the gym all along. This anonymous individual had been responsible for keeping the gym afloat during tough times and was now ready to reveal their identity. To our astonishment, the mysterious benefactor was none other than Jake's long-lost father who had been monitoring his son's actions from afar. I wanted to see if you could change, Jake, his father explained. I'm proud to see that you have. As Jake stood in belief, Amy chimed in. Looks like life has a way of teaching us all a lesson or two. Huh, Jake. With newfound humility and a chance at redemption, Jake embraced his role at the gym and in the charity, proving that we all have the power to change for the better.
I remember five years ago, if you would have asked me if I could imagine myself living a life like this, I would have answered no. Back then, I was just Dalton, a simple guy who lived a simple life, working 9 to 5 as a car wash attendant. I had a girlfriend then. Her name was Whitney. We were happy for a time, until she got hooked on reality shows. From that moment on, all she wanted was to be one of those girls, spending money and owning stuff she didn't need. She didn't work. Not that she couldn't find a job, just that she didn't feel like it was befitting of her. I started working while going to high school. I didn't have the luxury of the pride that Whitney had. We were poor, and I needed the money to help my grandma. But with a girl like Whitney as my girlfriend, I only got to keep half my pay. Sometimes, I would even be flat out broke because of her. Whitney loved her shiny things, and she made it my duty to give them to her. If you're not buying me gifts, are you even my boyfriend? She would always say she'd leave me if I didn't give in to what she wanted, and I was afraid of losing her. I always thought she was special, and she had a beautiful voice. I started writing songs because of her, and whenever she'd sing my songs, I'd feel like the luckiest guy in the world. When she sang those songs, everyone's eyes and ears would be on her, and she loved the attention. Even when she would claim the songs were hers, I didn't mind. I knew she wanted to be famous, and if my songs were the way she could get her dreams, I would happily stay in the shadows and support her with all my heart. But everything changed when she finally got what she wanted. One day while performing at a school event, an agent came up to her and gave her his card. Two weeks later, a recording label signed her. I took her to prom, but the romantic night I had been dreaming of for years suddenly crumbled in front of me when I asked her to dance and she swatted my hand away. I can't be seen with you anymore. What? Why? I'm gonna be famous now. What will people say if they knew I was dating a car wash boy? Huh? What will my fans say? I... But I love you. That's not enough. I won't have you ruin my dream. You're a nobody, and that will never be worthy of me. Now, get lost. Everyone saw, and everyone heard her break up with me at prom. I cried. It broke my heart. Every day, that moment was all I could think of. I was always so distracted that I got fired from my only job, and my old boss didn't give me a good reference, so I found it hard to get another job. The only person who was kind enough to hire me was some guy who lived in a mansion who took me in as a pool boy. He was barely there, which was great. I basically got paid to hang out in an expensive house. In just a year, Whitney's career skyrocketed. She went to award shows, sang on TV, and one of her songs even got used in a movie. I knew then I could never reach her. Until one day, she came into my life again. My producer boss told me he had a very important artist coming over and to make the pool area in the garden presentable. He had me put up streamers and dress up nice. There was going to be a party that day, and the guest of honor was Whitney. I almost fell over when I saw her come in. She looked nothing like she used to, and I felt a twinge in my heart. She barely noticed me. I doubt she even recognized me. They were celebrating her debut album's success. All of the songs in it were songs that I wrote for her. My name was never even mentioned in the credits. I overheard her and the producer talk about something, and it sounded like an argument. It's in your contract, Whitney. I know, I know. But I'm an artist. Art can't be rushed. 
All the label is asking for is one song, one snippet of a song. If you want to capitalize on your fame, you have to record your next album right now, or you'll just end up being a one-hit wonder. Whitney was struggling to write her next album. It wasn't a surprise since she didn't write the first one. Then I saw them kiss. I guess that was how Whitney convinced the producer to have more patience. When Whitney finally saw me and recognized me, she cornered me. You, you have to keep this a secret, you hear? And you have to write me new songs. I, I'll pay you. But I couldn't simply do it anymore. She tore my heart in two. And now she wanted me to save her fake career? When I refused her, she had me fired. I guess if you're someone with a secret, you wouldn't want your secret keeper to be so close to the people who can end your career. For me, it was a record low. Did pool boys even get fired? How bad do you have to be as a pool boy to get fired? I was on my way to move back in with my parents when a limo stopped where I was walking. The window rolled down and I saw a beautiful woman beckon me towards her. The chauffeur stepped out and opened the door. Come in, I'll give you a ride. My mom always warned me about stranger danger, but she didn't say some of the strangers were gonna be that hot. So, despite my doubts, I hopped into the limo, and when we started moving, the woman handed me a card and shook my hand. I'm Lola. I represent Somi Records. I've been watching you for a while now. V what? I'll keep it direct to the point. I heard a rumor that Whitney didn't write her own songs. I make it a point to investigate my rivals, and I found out you were the songwriter. Why didn't you say anything? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I loved her, I guess. I'll offer you a hundred grand as an upfront payment if you sign with us. I couldn't speak. I just nodded my head. I couldn't believe any of it was real. And yet, when I opened my bank account when she dropped me off at home, the money was all there. I had to pick my jaw off the ground when I saw how many zeros there were. I spent the better part of a year writing songs. I got myself a penthouse downtown, and I bought my family an apartment next to mine. Lola gave me a complete makeover, and they marketed me as a singer-songwriter who plays guitar. And then, they released my first album. My debut single was an instant hit. I wrote that song about how Whitney used me and dumped me for fame. So many girls wrote me emails and slid into my DMs telling me my song broke their heart, and that my voice made them fall in love. Actresses and models threw themselves at my feet. Women who didn't even know my last name asked me to marry them. I was invited to award shows and TV programs. I went to red carpets and galas, and on my arm would always be Lola, the beautiful girl who changed my life. My album was nominated for an award, and that night a designer came to me personally and fitted a suit for me. Italian brands fought each other for the chance to make me wear their shoes and belts. And when I got off the limo to go to the red carpet, a hundred flashbulbs lit up and innumerable paparazzi yelled out my name. There were girls lining up the street chanting my name. I knew that I'd made it. A familiar voice called out my name, and I turned around. It was Whitney.
You! Get out of my shot! The paparazzi are taking pictures of me! Go back to whatever limo you're driving and stop standing in the middle of the carpet! I could tell she no longer recognized me, so I just gave her a small bow and walked into the theater. Later that night, as the ceremony went on, a security guard approached the table next to us where Whitney sat. It turned out she'd gatecrashed the ceremony as she wasn't even invited. But Whitney loudly protested and made things awkward. She even told the guard she would have him fired, and so the guard let her be. I won the award for best album that night, and I made a speech that shocked everyone. I would like to thank a very special lady here tonight. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had the inspiration for this hit song. I believe some of you would love to know who the song is about. Well, you all know her. It's none other than Whitney. Whitney stood up and began to make her way to the door, not wanting any part of the drama she caused. But before she could escape, the spotlight found her. And just then, her phone rang. And then 20 different notifications. Everyone else's phones began to beep. And I looked at mine. The reviews for Whitney's new album had dropped. It was the first one where she wrote all the songs. And the critics trashed it. News articles about it kept popping up and her horrible songs were trending on Twitter. She ran out of there humiliated, and Hollywood never saw her again. It was many years later, while I was waiting for our limo to arrive as I carried my son, that someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around to find Whitney. I hardly even recognized her. She was wearing tattered clothes and had dark circles under her eyes. Oh my god, how could you hide our baby from me all this time? She said it loud enough so that everyone on the street could hear. And when people recognized both of us, they started whispering, I need money. You have to pay me for taking our baby. But before she could go further, the limo door opened and my wife stepped out. Child, I don't know what fantasy world you live in, but that is my baby. I know, because I was there the day it happened. She took out a photo of us and our newborn baby and showed it to anyone who could see. Now, whatever scheme you're trying to pull, it won't work. Now go back to your sad, unremarkable life. Lola pulled me into the limo, but before we drove away, I rolled down the windows and smiled at Whitney. If you didn't lie so much, maybe things would have turned out differently for you. And with that, I kissed my beloved wife and our limo pulled away, leaving my ex-girlfriend speechless on the sidewalk. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.